Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father God, we thank and exhort you this morning once again to magnify your holy name. We appreciate you because you are faithful God. We love you for all that you are. The grace, the love, the spirit that you have deposited in our lives. We give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I, like I said, I'm continuing with our study on life in the cluster. And this is going to be part number six. Again, we just take a reading from NIV of our main text which is Isaiah 68 and verse number 8 or 65 verse number 8 68 verse number 5 read it let's see praise the Lord on this world the Lord says as wine is found in a cluster and grapes are men say don't destroy it there is yet some good in it so will I do in behalf of my servants I will not destroy them all. Hallelujah. I've been talking about life in the cluster, and I've been making you to understand how powerful this principle is as far as the word of God is concerned. I'm trying to make you see how much God cherishes his congregation. How much God desires that his congregation should be one, and that there's so much investment that he has right within his body and i'm saying once you are within the body there is so much you benefit even what ordinarily you cannot attract you attract them because you belong to the body of christ hallelujah okay go with me to matthew 18 verse number 20 i read from the amplified translation matthew 18 verse number 20 hallelujah amplify for wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers. Where two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers, in into me. We are drawn into him. Are you there with me? He is the head, we are the body. He that's in Christ. Is a new creature. We are drawn into him. And he said, My name, that we are drawn and followers into his name, which has to do with his nature. Amen. Jeremiah in the midst of them. Praise the living God. Where I find people who are drawn together into me, in my name, which is my nature. My characteristics, there am I in their midst. Hallelujah. We are two or three are gathered together in my name. Now, there are many saints, even among the Jews, for instance, when I was studying, I found this almost exactly similar to this, such as whenever even two persons are sitting in discourse concerning the law, the divine presence is among them. That's what the Jew says. He said, when two people or three are discussing the law, God's presence is in their midst. So I want you to see what it means for you to truly come together in fellowship. How powerful it is. It's not that the Lord will leave you alone, but the point truly is the Lord is stronger in the midst of his people. Hallelujah. Are you following me? God goes with you wherever you are. His presence is wherever he's supposed to be. But when you come together and he sees that at his body, there's a measure of the presence of God that is manifested in your midst. Are you listening to me? That's why you don't forsake assembly of yourselves together. As the Bible says, as the manner of some do. You don't forsake yourself together. Praise the living God. In my name here, 
referred publicly, you know, particularly to kind of public profession of Christ and his gospel. By implication, what he's trying to say is, when the disciples come together, people who already identify them are the disciples of Jesus. Is that okay? And then, this is where he comes in. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me, I shall be ashamed of you before my father. So what he's trying to say is this. Are you ashamed of gathering yourself together? In other words, are you ashamed of going to church or being a fellowship of the brethren? Is that what, I mean, do you find it difficult? Why? But he's saying, if you come together, my presence is in the midst of you. And the presence of God can do things that ordinary you cannot even be able to do. Hallelujah. Um, my emphasis this morning is the presence, the way the presence manifests within the body of Christ. If we truly understand what it stands for. There am I in the midst of them. Now, I'm going to make you see this. This alone, if you take time to study that word in the original Greek, is just telling you one simple thing. Jesus is God. Is that okay? It's only God you find with so many presents. If Jesus said, I'm going to be present wherever, then Jesus is God. Praise the Lord. So find here, let it be observed that Jesus is not among them to spy out their sins or to make mark them or mark down the imperfection of their worship, but to enlighten, to strengthen, to comfort, and to save them. Get this right. When Jesus said, I am in your midst, it's not coming out to spy out who is perfect or who is not perfect. That's not why he comes in. I don't know if you are getting what I'm talking about. Rather, he comes in to heal you, to comfort you, to strengthen you, to save you. That's how he comes in. That's why he comes in. That's why he manifests his presence. Hallelujah. So when I say, now am I in the midst? It's not. My presence is going to be in the midst of the people. It's not in any way indicating, well, I'm going to find out those who are not doing well. I'm going to find out those who are not perfect. That's not why he comes in. But he comes in to do what? To save you. To enlighten you so that you can have an understanding. Praise the living God. And to comfort you. Okay, go with me to Exodus 3 verse number 13. Because that's just the same word when he said, There am I in the midst. I am in the midst. The I am. Exodus 3 verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The Lord God, I mean the God of your fathers, has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt I say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Praise the living God. I want you to understand something. When he asked the name, what, who sent you? Tell them I am that I am. That word actually speaks about that which is in eternity, that which exists forever. That is, that which is, I mean, is eternal. My eternal nature means I'm always present wherever I need to be present. And I can become anything to you that I want to become to you, or that you want me to become to you. I am that I am. Praise the living God. Just tell them that that is my name. I have an eternal existence. That's the one that sent you. So now, I begin to make you see this now. You have come. Now he has gone to Egypt to take the people. And that is his name now. And remember, where two or three are gathered together, I'm going to be in the midst of them. That means now that they are in Egypt and they're going to come out, what do you expect God is going to be? It's going to be in the midst of the people. Are you following what I'm saying here? It's going to be in the midst of the people. So, don't forget what I'm dealing with. If you are in the church, there is a measure of God's presence you receive as compared to when you are alone. Praise the living God. So go with me to the book of Song of Solomon. I used to enjoy this particular passage. You also find it in chapter 8 and verse number, number 5. But 
Song of Solomon 3, verse number 6. I know some of you not even know that there's a book on the Song of Solomon in the Bible, in a way. <laughs> All that you know is maybe Matthew and Book of Acts. But there's a book on Song of Solomon, S of S. Who is this? Now you listen to this. Who is this that is coming out of the wilderness? Like pillars of smoke, perfumed with mouth and frankincense, with all powders of the merchant. Who is this? This is a description. Now, going to Egypt actually means descending or going down. But coming from Egypt is only stem coming up. So you watch this. Who is that coming out of the wilderness? They are coming from Egypt now, so they are ascending. Because to go to Egypt is to go down to Egypt. How many of you remember? In the days of famine, they went down to Egypt. It's always going down. When you're going to the wall, you are going down. You're going to understand this. And when you're coming out of the wall, you are ascending. So now, when the Lord called you out of the wall, he, you, you got into a place of ascension. So the church is ascending. That's why the church is like a city set on a hill. Not in the valley. You came out of the wall. You ascended up. Hallelujah. And you have to naturally, spiritually, begin to feel that ascension within your being. That you are moving from a lower region to a higher region. You can understand that in, in the book of Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1. John spoke, I mean the Spirit spoke to John. And said, come up hither and I will show you things which I will be hereafter. He was in the realm. What realm was that? It was in the realm of the seven candlesticks. It was in the realm of the church. And he's saying, after the church, there is something else. That about to do. Now you come up to that level. That means there is a need for you to continuously appreciate in your spiritual work to see greater things that God has shown you at a particular level. The point is this you're coming out from the wall, which is now coming up from going down. God expects you to have some experiences completely different from where you were in Egypt. Are you following what I'm saying now? Praise the living God. So it talks about here. Pillar of smoke, which is kind of perfumed, born around him and his bride, a kind of image from Israel and the tabernacle, which you find in the book of that Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 6 and verse 7. The perfume is the one we're talking about from the incense that is always going up by the incense. The smoke is always going up. Is that okay? Right. The frankincense, the beauty, the glory of Christ and and the wife marching, and marching through the wilderness with a pillar of smoke by day and fire by night you remember that exodus chapter 40 verse 20 you can find that and the pillars of smoke ascended from the altars of incense and of atonement which actually speaks of christ's work for his people in terms of his righteousness the atonement ever living intercession that is to say what he said who is that coming out of the wilderness we're talking about the bride and now the bridegroom, they are coming to meet the bridegroom. So the thing that God will do for them, which has to do with his continuous ascension, and then saving them and delivering them with a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire in the night. He's present always with the people that are ascending from Egypt. Are you following me? So this is something you need to understand. That when you're coming out and the way you're walking now, you may not know, it's not, it's not a movement like this. But in your spiritual, there has to be an elevation, a constant elevation. And the more you move in into Christ, the more you get into that ascension experience, the more the fragrance of Christ rubs off on you. Glory to God. Are you following me? And one of the things that begin to come out of this presence, you know, we're talking about is perfumed. You know how when the bridegroom wants to go and take the bride, I have to spray himself, put all the, and the woman will be doing all the painting. You know what I'm talking about? Looking very colorful and very beautiful. Hallelujah. So 
part of the fragrance and the things that begin to exude from Christ that begin to come into your life talks about his sweet graces you know his faith his love his joy his peace and his prayers and praise all of these things are becoming to accumulate within the body of Christ now these are the things you begin to partake of you come to a place in this dimension that your prayer life begins to ascend even your meditation takes on a deeper dimension than it used to be before I was sharing with somebody yesterday so confused just called on me and I said what is the problem oh I don't know what to do I've just been given Sunday and Monday to quit my house because I've not been able to pay it's an orphan anyway I've not been able to pay I said, I'm sorry I don't even have the cash to help you now but one thing is this is your because he said he'd been fasting and praying I said you've been fasting and praying yet for the money to come out has the money come now I said, yes and then you say you have headache because you're thinking so much about it has the money come now I said no that's a problem now listen to me this is where you got it wrong you're fasting and prayer you've listed down some people's name are you getting that that you fasting so that those people will bring you the money so after you finish fasting you take your phone you put God aside the people whose name you have written down becomes your God this is what the Bible tells you to do in times of trouble it's not even about fasting fasting is not what makes God to answer your prayer fasting is something that humbles you so that you can concentrate to talk to God are you listening to me I'm not against fasting I love fasting but that is not what answers your prayers but it humbles you it destroys your appetite so that you don't go into eating and all of this so that you can concentrate you can be focused to talk to your father God simply says I will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think and when I put it I say or imagine I say fine that means God answers your imaginations even more than your cries so what do you imagine what do you think about i'm saying when you become the bride of christ your thought alone exudes the power of god to make manifest the desires of your heart you know the story i gave you this some time ago joseph which is supposed to be the husband of mary you know the story right when mary was pregnant and uh, she said, no, I don't want to leave this thing, this an embarrassment to this woman. I would like to put her aside and all that. She was just, he was just thinking. Remember the story? Right. What's the next thing that happened? The Bible made us understand God dispatched an angel unto Joseph and said, Joseph, don't take the decision you want to take. That means every thought that is moving through your heart is registered before the Father. Are you following what I'm talking about? He gives answers to your thoughts. So when you become the bride of Christ, oh my goodness, I want you to understand how his presence of Christ makes you, gets you out of the lower realm that you are in to a higher realm of his glory. So part of the things you begin to seek without the perfumes are what? The sweet graces of God. The graces of God manifested. The faith, the love, the joy, the peace. And then your prayer and the praise that goes back to him. The fire is lighting within, which is the smoke. It's also seen within, as we see, out of us. The Bible talks about a fire that came upon the 120 in the upper room. Is that okay? All right. Praise the living God. Okay, I just want to take you on to something. I want you to see how powerful this is that when you come united together with the body of Christ. I want to make a, a definite pronouncement today. No one man can curse you because you belong to the body of Christ. Are you following what I'm talking about? There is no one man that can curse you just because you belong to the body of Christ. <laughs> and I'll make you see that. Go with me to the book of Numbers 22. The book of Numbers chapter 22. We're going to do some serious reading here. King James verse 41 numbers 22 verse 41 hallelujah bible says, and it came to pass now the background to this children of israel is coming out of the wilderness remember that who is that coming out of the wilderness and that was the church is that okay right so the church is coming out of the wilderness coming from egypt through the wilderness going down to canaan where god has promised them 
And then everybody was afraid. And this is what I was sharing with the brother yesterday. He, he spoke to me and trying to tell me. I told him, listen man, what you're telling me is making me feel that we as a body of Christ, we have no understanding about who we are. Let me tell you this, people of God. There is no occultic man that can affect or affect your life negatively. It all has to do with your mindset. For as a man thinketh in his life, so is he. You give power to the occultic people to influence you. You give power to the witches to do damage in your life. Because you have accepted and believed that they are very powerful. But they have no power whatsoever. They just have no power. Praise the living God. <laughs> so here is this. Verse 41. And it came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam. Now Balaam was a prophet of God. Be understood. Let's be understood. He was not an idol worshiper. He was a prophet of God. I mean, you're going to see from story. This is a man that can see vision and trance with his eyes open. Fear gripped this Balak. And he went to him and said, listen, I hear about these people coming from the wilderness. Remember what we read in Song of Solomon. Who is that coming out of the wilderness? Fear great people. The church ought to be a source of dread to the men of the world. Hearing that the church is gathering should be a source of dread to people. But we've lost all of that because we are not where we are supposed to be. Just like you as an individual. Like I was sharing with the brother. You tell me this. Jesus was walking. He wasn't even doing anything. The demons cried out. Have you come to destroy us when it is not your time? Jesus was not even having any conversation with them. They recognized who he was. And they cried out. That's the way it's supposed to be. That is how it's supposed to be. Are you sitting there with me? So he went and took Balak. And brought Balaam and brought him up into a high place of Baal. That thence he might see the utmost part of the people. In other words, he took him to a very high point and looked down and began to see the people coming down so that he can see the last person. Hallelujah. So it's like he wants to cause them, cause their children. <laughs> he wants to see the least people. I mean, in terms of the congregation, in terms of the gathering, the last person in their midst, he wanted him to see them. So that when he's going to pronounce the cause, it will land on everybody from the highest to the lowest. Go with me now to chapter 23, verse number 13. We're going to cut it. But if you find time, read all of from chapter 22. You'll be able to see very beautiful stories there. Chapter 23, Numbers 23, verse number 13. And Balak said unto him, Come, I pray thee, with me unto another place. He did the first one, and he never walked. For when thou mayest see them, that thou shalt see but the utmost part of them, I shall not see them all, and cost me them from this. When you see them, you see all the people put a curse upon their life for me. By implication, I don't want them to come over here. They are coming to take my city. They are coming to cross this boundary. I don't want them to cross. People want to put limitation on your life. No, no, no. Because you are a child of God. You congregate with the people of God. They will not be able to succeed. Can I hear an amen? Verse 14. And he brought him into the field of Zophim. To the top of Pisgah. And built seven altars. And offered a bullock and a ram on every altar. And he said unto Balak, Sign here by the bond offering while I meet the Lord yonder. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go again unto Balak and say thus. What did God ask him to say? Remember I told you this, a man of God, if you don't believe it, it's just that he loved money. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 17. And when he came to him, behold, he stood by his burnt offering. 
and the prince of Moab with him. And Balak said unto him, What are the Lord spoken? Now Balak is asking Balaam now, What has the Lord spoken? And he took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear, hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God is not a man. There is something God is saying here. If he blesses you, he blesses you. When he blesses you, no man can curse you. God is not a man that he should lie. Hallelujah. And look at verse 20. Behold, I have received what commandment to bless. And he has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. There is nothing I can do about it. God is not a man that he should lie. When you quote that scripture, you don't even know what you're talking about. If I tell you today that you are blessed for just being in the congregation of the Lord, you don't even believe it. But that's what God is saying. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither he is the son of man that he will change any season. I have received commandment to bless. And I have blessed. God cannot reverse it. Meaning I can't cause anybody among these people. It's practically impossible. What has God said about your life? Remember, this is a whole congregation, a whole nation, which is the church. You see, you see why Jesus said that? Upon this revelation, I will build my church and the gate of hell cannot prevail against it. Here was Balaam supposedly being used by Balak to bring a curse on the children of God. And I want you to look at that very critically. I have received commandment. What was the commandment? To bless. And he had blessed. Hallelujah. And I cannot reverse the blessing. There is nothing I can do. And I'm saying the same thing to you today. Whatever be your fear, just have this understanding. God has blessed you and no man can reverse that. Hallelujah. Look at verse 21. He has not, look at it. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Neither had he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord is God is with him and the shout of his king is among them. He has not seen iniquity. Now, is it to say that the whole congregation, that this is where we're coming from, from the book of Isaiah. The whole congregation, which is like a cluster, there are bad eggs. But God is not seeing the bad eggs. He's not seeing the iniquity. There are people who are not doing the right thing. People like Corey and all of those people. We have a lot of people that were stubborn, headed within the congregation. But God is not seeing all of that. He's not referring to individuals. He's referring to the whole community. I've not seen sin as far as this community is concerned. Therefore, I've blessed every one of them. Glory to God. Do you follow what I'm saying? That's why there is life where? In the cluster. I've not seen it. So when he looks down on the church, he sees his son, Jesus Christ. And he sees the body. Jesus being held, the church being his body. God is not seeing you, if you will. He's seeing Christ. And then you have to be in Christ for him to see you. And when you are in Christ, he doesn't even see you. He sees Christ and sees you right inside Christ. Who is that coming out of the wilderness? You must know where you are. You must know where you belong. You must know who you are. You must know what God has given to you. You must know how much God has so blessed you that there is no stupid devil anywhere that can play the curse upon your life. Friend, you can't be cursed. Hallelujah. It's just not possible. <laughs> I was speaking to the brother yesterday and he told me, oh, my family, these are the guy was there, the guy was there. I said, listen to me. It doesn't matter. Even if your brother is an occult man, if your father is a shrine man, and he gives you money, 
you have no problem of thinking this is going to be taken to one coven. The Bible says, listen to me. Do you know how powerful it is? Who you are? The Bible tells us, any food you want to eat, just pray. The food is sanctified. I'm not if you remember that. So even if there's poison in the food, because you pray, it's sanctified. Why would money you collect be a problem? As long as the money touches your hand, it's sanctified. You don't know who you are. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you listening to me? <laughs> was trying to talk to Mr. Brother. Listen, the guy is psychotic. I went to his house and I said, Good. I said, The thing is this when you come to where God really wants, you come into the house alone, all the power in that house will disappear. They won't be able to stay. I'll make you see that from the book of 4 Samuel chapter 5. When the Philistines, remember the story, the Philistines took the ark of the covenant and they brought it into the shrine of Dagon, their own God. And they left. When the next day they come to that place, what happened? Dagon has fallen down, broken to pieces before the ark of God. Every demon bowed before the glory of God. Why are you so worried? He said, this is why you have enmities sometimes. Oh, I'm told that person is going to kill me. Oh, I'm told. You see, as you see me here, let any prophet tell me you are the one that wants to kill me. I have no problem with you. Except he said, I only think about the glory that I'm supposed to emanate. Dagon was broken before the ark of glory. Demon cried before Jesus Christ. Why will any devil stand before you? Balak is afraid because the church is coming up. Demons should be afraid of you people. I'm just being honest with you. Anywhere you step into, they should give way. I've always told you the story here. My father was a traditional worshiper. And any time he hears, I'm coming from the coming to the village, right at the ass catch. And they say, Your son is coming. Even if he was worshiping before, he will start packing them. The shrine will obey to close because I'm coming. It will close, pack up everything, clean up the place before I step into the house. Just because of his hearing, sometimes I'll catch him doing. I said, What are you doing? He said, Oh, okay, I'm just trying to, to leave this thing because you are coming. That's the way it should be. Demons should be afraid of you. Power should be afraid of you. Are you listening to me? Why? Because the Lord is seeing the midst of his church. And you are part of that church. Are you listening to me? Praise the living God. Look at verse 22. God brought them out of Egypt. He has said as it were in the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What had God wrought? Powerful thing God is going to do. No enchantment. He said, I want you to get that. When, when you look, how I many of you remember we read that in the very beginning from the book of 1 John? He said, If we share fellowship with him, the blood of Jesus, how I many of you remember? Cleanse of all world from all unrighteousness. So that's what he's saying here. I haven't seen any enchantment or iniquity against Jacob. All of them are one, and I'm seeing a glorious body. I'm seeing a magnified body. I'm seeing, oh, come on now, a body perfumed with the glory of Christ. That's what I see. Praise the living God. Look at that. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. According to the time it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what had God wrought? Mighty things anyway. Verse 24. Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion, lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey and drink the blood of the slain. <laughs> Can you get the prophecy coming out here? How powerful Israel is going to be that nothing will be able to stand on the way of Israel. That Israel as a nation, as a church, is going to be like a lion and every other thing. How many of you understand the lion is the king of the beast? King of the forest. That's how the church is. Hallelujah. Verse 25. Praise God. And Balak said... Unto Balaam, 
Neither curse them at all. Not bless them at all. <laughs> Glory to God. He's saying, all these things you're saying is a blessing. I said, curse the people. Now, if you don't want to curse them, don't bless them. Are you still there with me? But Balaam answered and said unto Balak, Told I know thee, saying, All that the Lord speaketh, that I must do. Now go to verse 24 again. I want to show you something again from verse 1. Chapter 24, verse number 1. Hallelujah. Numbers 24, verse number 1. Amen. Verse 1. 24, verse 1. And when Balaam saw that he pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not as other times to seek for enchantments. But he set his face towards the wilderness. So when he was going out to seek for whatever is enchantment, we're going to look for what he will use to cause Israel. And that's why the scripture said there is no enchantment against Israel, no divination against Jacob. What am I trying to make you understand? Even if there's any shrine where your name is being invoked, it's not going to work. Anytime they invoke your name, it turns into prosperity, it turns into blessing. Anytime they try to call your name, it's reversing, blessing is coming instead of a cursing. That is what we have received as a church. No enchantment. So he moves to the place and says, what will I use to curse Israel? So that's what some people do. They go to a shrine, they write down your name and they want to say, well, what's he going to do? Okay, you will not have a child. You will not have a good, good business. You will not... No, they have to list up the things that they want. Those are enchantment. And so you see the, the, the shrine priest begin to come and begin to invoke some things and call your name, whatever the case may be. You know what I'm talking about, right? But the Bible is telling us, I can't find any word to use against these people. No divination no enchantment i can't even pronounce your name to cause them when i try to cause them it turns to a blessing oh come on is anybody understand what i'm saying i remember sharing this testimony with you sometime i don't know if you can still remember one among us here the brother asked him to follow him to a shrine that his business is not doing well or something like that and this guy was reluctant to go over because the other guy is a senior brother. He decided to go with the guy. When they go to the shrine, the priest looked at the man and he said, You, you can come in here. There is something in you, but you can come in. Let him stay outside. And the man said, But what is it? He said, If he comes in here, it will spoil my work. There is something in him. I'm not talking of story. I'm not talking of what was in the Bible. I'm talking of what happened right here. And the Tuesday of it, he came to the office and said, Pastor, I know what you're telling us. You're telling us the truth. And I narrated the story. The truth is, you don't know what you carry. You have no understanding about what you carry. Can I tell you today, no matter where your name is taken to, it will turn to a blessing. It's not possible. Oh, no. The church is so blessed that no cause can come into the church. No way. And that is why you have to be in the midst of the cluster. So that you can partake of that which God has deposited to preserve his house, which is his church. Hallelujah. When a brother was talking to me, he said, I'm so blessed with this message. And I say, yes, brother, listen to me. I'm not preaching this to entice anybody to be in church. But I'm trying to make people see what they get for being in church. I'm trying to make them understand the way God raised the church. You know, people will tell you, well, I am the church. That's okay, fine, I agree. But scripture says, forsake not the assembly of the saints. So let the church go to church. Hallelujah. I thank God for the revelation. You are the church, but let the church go to church. The church, as you, is not where two and three are gathered together. There's a big difference between what you have blessed you with and where two or three are gathered together. There's a big difference. Where two or three are gathered together, Jeremiah in the midst of them. 
Hallelujah. I was discussing this a few years ago with somebody when he shared that with me. Hey, Pastor, look, we are the church. I said, what does it mean? We are two or three are together. He says, spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> I said, wonderful revelation. So you are three. Spirit, soul, and body. Thank God for that. I said, but listen, friends, what God is telling us is two or three people, physical, not you, as an individual. Let the child go to church. I don't care how much revelation you have of you being in the church. Let the child go to church. Praise the living God. And as I see some people, they'll tell you, like they come to me, one over they say, you can put a sandboard, that is Babylon. You can put a sandboard. Early church, they have no sandboard. I said, who told you that? The early church could not put a sandboard because they were being persecuted. They were afraid. But we are in a democratical setup. Men, don't tell me not to speak to people who I am. If I don't put up a sandboard, that means I'm an occult man. It's only secret societies that don't identify with who they are. Shut your revelations. I know who I am. Are you following what I'm talking about? Look at verse 2. Are you getting this? And Balaam lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel abiding in his tent. Glory to God. According to the tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Glory, glory, glory. Man, when men look at you. <laughs> And they know you are where you are supposed to be. And not that spirit will come upon them. He looked at the church. He looked at the congregation. Issachar was there. Judah was there. You know, Zebulon. Everybody is exactly where they are. They all come around as a family. Everybody in his tribe. And they tried to look at the church. And not that spirit came upon him. So what happened? Verse number three. And then again, he took up this parable and said, Balaam, the son of Boah has said, and the man whose eyes are open has said, He has said, which have the words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty, falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. He was describing himself now. How powerful it is. Some of you need to know who you are. And saying who you are is not boasting. If any man should boast, let him boast in the Lord. Are you following what I'm talking about? Balaam said, I'm one of those prophets that can fall into a trance, yet with my eyes open. I can see vision without going to sleep. And I'm saying what I saw right now. I told you the last time. When you look at the Bible, and he said, Moses is the makest man on the face of the earth. Have you read that? Who wrote that? What book do you think you're going to find that? You find it in the book written by Moses. So Moses was describing himself. He knew who he was. He knew how God rated him. Are you with me, somebody? And David said, David is a man after God's heart. David is a man that God loved. Who wrote that? David wrote that. He saw a revelation of his relationship with God. If any man should boast, let him boast in the Lord. What is your relationship with God? What do you think God, you know, if God looks at you and God is looking at you, what is his written? You should be able to know. It is on the basis of what you know about what God knows about you that you pray. You can say things about yourself irrespective of what anybody thinks about because of your relationship with God. You are not taking advantage of anything but you just know exactly that this is who God says you are. I am what I am by the grace of God. Praise the living God. Are you sitting there with me? Go to verse 5. How godly are the tents of Jacob. Glory to God. And the tabernacles. Oh Israel. The Bible says. As the valleys are they spread forth. As gardens by the riverside. As the trees of wild aloes. Which the Lord has planted. And as cedars trees. Beside the waters. He shall pour the water out of his buckets. And the seed shall be in many waters. And his king shall be higher than Agag. And his kingdom shall be exalted. Praise the living God. God brought him forth out of Egypt. He has as it were the strength of an unicorn. He, has, he shall eat up the nations his enemies. And he shall break the bones and pieces. And pierce them through with what his arrows. Or pierce them through. He shall cause. He shall lie down as a lion. 
and as a great lion, who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blessed thee, and cause is he that caused thee. Can I hear an amen? Are you seeing that? I have seen Israel. There is nothing you can do about it. By implication, Balaam is saying, Balak, you know what you're trying to make me do? If I cause these people, I am going to be cursed. Because it's a blessed are those who bless thee. And cursed is anyone that caused thee. I'm talking of Israel. So he's trying to say, Balak, be careful. If you call these people, you are going to be under cause. But if you bless these people, you will be blessed. Listen, folks, you know how some people are going to make way in this life? It's simply just to bless you. Glory to God. Is anybody understanding me? That's to tell you something. That if you truly want to be blessed, you can locate a man of God. That's why when people talk about sowing seed, they say, oh, people are trying to take your money. People are trying to do this. No. If you recognize an individual that has specific grace and you sow seed into that man's life, you bless the man. And remember what the Bible says, he will bless those that do what? That bless you. That's why, listen, I love what Max told me recently. He said that I have come to observe a principle that I'm going to work with. I'm not just going to be sowing my seed anywhere. My seed are going to be strategic. I will sow to the ground that I know God has blessed. And that's very profound. Are you listening to me? I will bless those that bless you. I will cause those that cause you. Balaam could not go beyond what God has said. Look at verse 10. And Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam. And he smote his hands together and said unto Balaam, I call thee to cause my enemies. And behold, thou hast altogether blessed them these three times. Glory to God. <laughs> Can you get that? I called you, I invited you. I said, I'm going to give you so much money. I'm going to give you a lot of things. And I said, come and cause these people who are my enemy. But three times, instead of you cursing them, you're doing what? You're blessing them. Balaam is trying to make him understand. Scripture makes me see. The light of God has opened my eyes to see. If I cause these people, I am going to be caused. I'm trying to say, Son Shirayan will reject your name. <laughs> you can't get this. I'm saying some powers will reject your name. When your name is written, I say, who is this? Say, David. Say, no, I can't cause this man. Are you sitting there with me, somebody? <laughs> Praise the living God. I'm going to, God said, it's going to cause those who cause you. It's, it's not your business to think about anybody. That's why it tells you, vengeance is mine. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about the way he looks at you. It's about your union with his body. It's about recognizing that he is the head. You are his body. Praise the living God. Let me finish with this particular scripture. So that I can let you go. But I feel like preaching today. Psalm 114. I'm going to read from verse 1. I'm just going to read through. So that you can understand the power that is within the body of Christ, which has to do with the church. Using Israel as an example. Who is that coming out of the wilderness? Think about it. From a lower region to a higher region. From a lower state to a higher state. From a poor state to a rich state. From a humble state to a magnified state. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to understand what I'm talking about. You are not going to end the way you are. I say you are not ending the way you are. You are not ending the way you are. <laughs> Glory to God. You see, as I was meditating, the Lord was sharing so many things with me yesterday night. I, I, just looking at this scripture alone that I'm discussing with you, I couldn't sleep until about 1 a.m. or thereabout before I went to bed. My wife was in bed around 1 a.m. before I went to bed. So many things were coming to my head. I don't know which one to take for you. How many of you understand? When Israel went to Egypt, they went down to Egypt. But when they were coming down to Egypt, what happened? They came with resources. How many of you understand that? They say, go and take from the Egyptians all the silver, the gold, and the precious. Go collect. 
So when you're living the, oh, come on, I see something. When you're living the lower region, which is the wall, into the kingdom of God, you don't come with empty hand. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? I mean, there is some blessing God has deposited in your life that when you come into the kingdom, man, you can't be who you used to be. You go down empty, you come back full. Glory to God. Psalm 114, verse number 1. Listen to this. Listen to this. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying myself with this. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, confusion always on the wall. When they came out, <laughs> because if you take time to read the book of Genesis, you find that even when the Egyptians were speaking Joseph was not understanding. There have to be an interpreter for Joseph. He was in the midst of a people with a strange language. And when you are in the wall, you are in the midst of a people with a strange language. The language is not your language. The tongue is not your tongue. Look at verse 2. Judah became what? God's sanctuary. The holy place. Of his habitation and Israel his dominion the Red Sea looked and fled the Jordan River was turned back verse 4 the mountains keep like rams little hills like lambs what else you this is a question. Why are you afraid? Mountain, why are you afraid? Rivers, why are you drying up? What is your problem? Just because they saw the people coming from the wilderness. When your enemy sees you, they're going to give way. When the devil sees you, he's going to hide himself. Mountains are problem. Rivers, oh come on. The Bible says everything fled before the children of Israel. Why? Because Israel was his sanctuary. And Judah was his sanctuary. Israel was what? His dominion. He was in the midst of his people. So when the church is coming, enemies are giving way. It was not about the prayer they were offering. It was about, no, 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 no. They just belong to God. They just belong to Him. His presence was more than enough to push back every obstruction, to push back everything that wants to stand on the way of success and progress. And if you catch what I'm talking about, nothing can slow down your progress in life. Nothing can stop your success in life. Nothing will make your business to stagnate. The presence of God will cause everything to give way. Hallelujah. What else you already see that you flee? Oh, Jordan, that you turn back. You mountains that you skip like rams. And you need to hear like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the God of Jacob. Who turned the rock into a pool of water. The flint into a fountain of waters. And I will dwell among the children of Israel. And I will be what? Dear God. Glory to God, somebody. I will dwell among the children of Israel. I will be their God. And because I'm in the midst of the people, as they are walking, you have to give way. Oh, glory to God. The more God people come to this understanding that God is so mighty in the midst of his people, they'll come to the place of rest. Into knowing that as we are gathered here, you don't understand the kind of force and presence that is in our midst. And the more you stay under this glory, under this covering, the more you partake of this glory, of this power. That when you move out of this place, the very thing that God is speaking about will begin to manifest in your life. I am saying devils will give way for you. I am saying mountains will give way for you. I am saying rivers of problems will give way for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the living God. Why? Because God is in the midst. That's why you see, you don't see me talk about enemies, fighting enemies, causing fire to come down. I have no need for that because that have nothing to do with me. Nothing. I understand who God is. I know what he just stands for. I know what he has called us to be upon the face of the earth. I know what it is. 
There's a big difference between knowing what something is supposed to be and just thinking about what's supposed to be. I know what I'm talking about. Praise the living God. I've given you this story before. Let me give it to you. Some of you got it fresh. Some of you never heard about it. Early times when we started this meeting, in my compound where we're staying there, to Borgoko, in the night, a lady came and said he needed a shoke for my wife. He needed a shoke. He came in around 8 o'clock in the evening. Then we said, no. Why don't you wait till tomorrow morning? He said, no. That was a Saturday evening. He said, no, I need it. I need it. Okay. I said, Master, go and give it to him. Master went there, gave the Ashoke to this lady. In less than 30, 45 minutes, she came back knocking on the gate again. Come and take this. We said, oh, keep it tomorrow. He said, no, no, no. We can keep it. I told myself, go pick it up again. She went, brought it out from the protector. The next morning, I was getting ready for service. I saw commotion by the front of our company, not by the side, because they said, well, the people come to fresh water. This girl came to fresh water. She stripped naked and started shouting, fire is on me. Leave me alone. I mean, all manner of the people came. What is happening to you? It's okay, I must confess now. Standing by the way, right on the street. I must confess now. What are you confessing? I really wanted to harm that pastor. And so I went to collect the material from the wife. I wanted to harm the family. And when I collected the material, when I got to the house, the whole place was ablaze with fire. I couldn't keep the material. That's why I returned it. But even since I returned it, I couldn't sleep. Everywhere, all my body has been tormented. I need help. Right outside, people gathered. And they said, okay, we'll take you to one of the bishops in town. I don't want to call names here. They said, no, don't take me to that man. And the mother worshiped there. One of the big ministries in town. You know, the whole world. So, they don't take me there. So why? They said, no, you won't be able to do anything. So, okay, let's take you to that pastor there. Say no, don't take me there. He said, you don't understand who we are. He said, when we look at the pastor, we know who a pastor is. He said, how do you know? So we see a mark on their forehead. He said, when a woman is pregnant, we know the kind of sex of baby the woman is. I mean, it's carrying. He said, we have the power. So said, okay, where do you want to go? Take me to Pastor Gaga. He is the only one that can pray for me and be set free. And the bond of this woman. I was trying to put on my tie. That time I used to be very good in putting tie, you know. I put it on my tie and the broadest lady. And I said, what is going on here? Came with the mother. And then the mother was talking. He said, don't talk, don't talk. Are you not among us? Are you not among us? Are we not together? <laughs> Praise the living God. And so they just brought her and then I lay hands on her. She fell down manifesting. I said, come on, listen to me. People are waiting for me in the church. I need to preach right now. I don't have time for demons. Tie this woman, bundle her, put her in your house until I return from service. If I have time, I will attend to her. But for me to be casting a devil when people are waiting for me to preach, I'm not called for that. That's how they bundle her out of my house. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now, what I'm trying to make you see is this. We were not praying for fire. We're not praying against enemies. We just know we serve the Lord. Are you following what I'm talking about? We just know who God is. We just believe in Him. We just trust Him. We just love Him. We just put all our life in serving Him. And while we serve Him, He takes care of the enemy. If any man is even planning to destroy you, He takes care of that individual. Are you following what I'm talking about? When we're giving out the material, we were not praying. Anything that is going out, let it harm enemy who's taking it. We never pray that. We just stood on who God is. We don't have anything to think about, anything called enemy. I don't have mind. I don't have two minds. I can't think about whoever wants to hurt me. I don't have that time. I am focused. I am focused on Jesus. I'm focused on Christ. I just want to know him the more. The more I know him, like the song we're singing, greater glory shall be manifested in your life. Israel was moving. The mountains were skipping. The hills were running away. The sea was drying up. Balak could not cause. Balaam said, God is not the man that you should lie. And what I'm telling you is the truth. God doesn't lie. 
If you know him, he will stand for you. If you believe in him, he can move you wherever he needs to move you. No power can stand on your way. Not even your business, not even your family. Because everybody that has come together. Remember Balaam said, go up. Balak said, go up and see the utmost pass. The smallest, the lowest, down on the congregation and cause them. Not even your children can be caused by any power. Because you stay in the congregation of the living. Can I hear an amen somebody? Stand up. Stand up. I want to let you go. I want to let you go so that you can go think about this. But I want you to pray at this moment. I just want you to seek more of God's presence. Lucky, can you come and take that song again? More of God. We need more of God. We need more of God. Just take that song again. We just need more of his presence. I just want you to come to that place of knowing it, that God is so glorious in the midst of his people. God is mighty in the midst of his people. Come on. I want you to come to that understanding that when you begin to know who you are, the devil himself is going to begin to run from you. Talk to God. Come on. Give me that song again. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.